You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on Claire's upcoming season of The Bachelorette and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 174. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good show for you today. We're catching up with guests we haven't talked to in a couple of years. A lot of changes in her life, including just yesterday. Even though it happened two weeks earlier, it was announced officially yesterday that Courtney Hendricks from the first season of Married at First Sight has gotten engaged. We will talk all about that. We talk about her relationship with Jason Carrier. They were on the first season of Married at First Sight. It's the only season of that show I ever watched. I had Courtney and Jason on as a couple mm, two, two and a half years ago, something like that. And they broke up shortly thereafter. Actually, I don't know shortly because I don't know the timeline of when I had them on. We go over the timeline of everything that happened with Jason. We go over the timeline of meeting her new, now fiance, Sherm, and a lot of interesting things that she has to say about her previous relationship and probably not what you would expect. But before we get going, we got a lot of stuff to talk about in Bachelor Nation. Obviously, the first thing I want to say is I hope everybody is staying safe out there. I literally have not left my house since Saturday. I got my groceries on Saturday. I stocked up and I haven't left and I'm bored, really bored. And but I know it's for the greater good. And I hope all of you are adhering to that. Pretty much, I think most states and most counties are basically saying no more than 10 people in a group and just adhere to it. And, you know, hopefully we will get through this in a, in a little bit, but we just don't know. If you read my column yesterday, you know, I threw out a bunch of scenarios in regards to the bachelorette and a lot of them well, all of them were purely speculation just based off of what little we know about when we're going to be able to resume our normal lives. But what we do know is when Bachelorette usually films, when it usually airs, when Paradise usually films, when it usually airs. So I was basing it just off that. But I can pretty much guarantee you, Claire's season was supposed to start premiering and airing on May 18th. She's not even going to start filming before May 18th. I think we can all agree on that. I don't think the president is going to announce in two weeks or a month, all right, we're all, we're good, we're clear, back to normal. And even if he did, I don't think everyone's going to jump in feet first. Like, this is going to be a slow rollout, rollout once it is announced that, hey, we've passed the stage of where this can get really crazy. Because doesn't it all take just, you know, kind of one person to pass this along to somebody who comes in contact with somebody else and all those people they come in contact with and all those people that those people come in contact with, it's never ending. So um, just doing what we can in the meantime, it's going to suck. It's changing people's lives as we know it. And even when this thing is over, I guarantee that theaters, restaurants, all the places that we visit on a normal basis will change their policies about cleanliness. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's hand sanitizer on every single restaurant table until the end of time now. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I just think major changes are going to be made to the cleanliness in the world. And, um, you know, I've changed up my habits, too. I didn't wash my hands nearly enough. 
I basically just washed them in the shower and when I left the bathroom. I just didn't wash them randomly throughout the day, and I probably should have. And uh, and now I'm doing it like crazy, and I'm probably going to keep doing it just because, you know, you're paranoid about things. But yeah, I hope everyone is safe out there, and uh, we can you know get past this, and we will get past this. Just a matter, it, but to give you a set date, and every I know everyone wants to get things back to normal. Um, we all do, but we're just going to have to wait it out. Um, I want to address a couple things that I went over in yesterday's column that we do have uh, an answer to. One of the things was talking about Claire's guys, and I said my opinion was that I'd be really surprised if when, if and when Claire's season starts filming, they just call up all 32 guys that they released and said, all right, guys, come back on, and everyone's going to be able to come back on. I don't think that's the case. Chris Harrison and his girlfriend Lauren Zima have been doing live video chats on Instagram every night for the last three nights. On Tuesday night, apparently they did one when I didn't, I don't watch any of them, so I don't know, but a lot of the media picked it up. So this is what Chris Harrison actually said Tuesday night before I wrote what I did yesterday about Claire's guys. He said, quote, the thought that 25, 30, 35 guys, everybody that was able to take time off and come on the bachelorette is going to be able to come back again because we don't have that set time of when we're going to come back. Obviously, with this virus, who knows when this thing is going to blow through? So the idea that everybody is just going to be able to take off work and do this again, probably very slim. There will be some different guys. Maybe it'll be completely different guys. Maybe it'll be a mixture. Who knows? We really don't know with the way the world is right now with everybody's schedule. So I think that pretty much guarantees that the 32 guys that were released are not going to be the 32 guys that show up on Claire's season. It's just not It's not feasible that that was going to happen, and now Chris Harrison is basically confirming it. So it is good because she needs more than nine of her 32 to be over 30 years old. We know Claire dates young. But I don't think she's dating 10, 11, 12 years young, which is 23 of her 32 guys were. And that's just, I don't think that's acceptable. I think she needs uh, a better crop to choose from. So that was good that that came out from Chris Harrison, who clearly has some sort of say in the guys. He's not hes not part of the casting direction, but the fact that he knows that and threw that out there pretty much means that it guarantees we're not going to get the same 32 guys that were released. There's going to be some new guys and there'll probably be some holdovers. Like he said, I'm guessing it'll be more of a mixture, which brings me to my next point, which is probably a good thing because the amount of negative stories that I was hearing about the guys that were released. I mean, look, I know we're in this day and age where everybody wants to throw out something negative because A lot of the negative stories have gained traction in recent years with contestants. And when I say that I got a lot of negative stories about Claire's guys, I did. None of them were on the level of Victoria F. I will say that. So hearing a story about a guy being a player, I just don't think that deserves like some sort of expose because I almost feel like you have to go into the show realizing that a lot of these guys were probably players before they left for the show. Hell, they were probably screwing somebody the night before they left. It's we. It's happened for years on this show. It's probably happening now, and it'll happen in future seasons. So when I say negative stories, I'm not saying stuff like, oh, my gosh, he's a drug addict, or oh, my gosh, he's a sexual abuser, or oh, my God, he's a... It, I'm just talking about somebody... There were about 10 different guys where I've gotten something written to me, whether it might even be something small, like this guy was a dick to me at a bar, you know, something like that. Like, okay... But I'm just saying, I'm getting so many negative stories, and I think people are almost 
taking it too far now because they want a negative story out there and they want to go after a guy. So I'm just going to tell you right now, you're going to hear some stories, and, and I already know some of the stories I got because I didn't run with it or post it or maybe because I won't run with it and won't post it. They'll just try to take it to somebody else who will because they'll just post anything because they want clicks and views. I'm not going to do that. I don't need to do that. If there is something major and it involves a guy who lasts deep into Claire's season, I will absolutely reveal it. But I'm telling a lot of these people, look, let's just tap the brakes on this. First off, her season hasn't even started filming, so it's not even worth it to go there yet. But if and when it does, if your guy lasts long into the season, then it will become an issue. But, you know, first, second, third episode guys that maybe were a player back home, it's like big deal. It, it's just it's not worth doing some sort of expose along the lines of Victoria F. last season. Um, Victoria F. had a – it was a major story, and obviously it became an, a, a sticking point on the show, and it became a storyline on the show. So we'll see how things go. We're way early in the process. We're not even going to be starting filming the show for at least two months. So I just wanted to throw that out there that it probably is a good idea that they're not bringing all 32 of these guys back because – we could be dealing with situations where, again, just kind of bad news around some of these guys. Um, not horrible, but not great either, and probably not for Claire. So um, we've got that as well. Uh, one of the other things that was brought up yesterday after my post was, Steve, if it lasts into July and August, and then we get around September time when Bachelor usually starts filming, or when it does start filming, why wouldn't they just do Claire's season in the Bachelor role? and film Claire's season September to November. And in January of 2021, we start the season with a Bachelorette season, and it's basically just flip-flopped. Bachelorette runs January through March. Bachelor runs, films March through May, and starts airing in May through the end of July. Like I said, we don't know the answers yet. What I do know, though, is The Bachelor has been around longer. That's why we've had 24 bachelors and Claire is bachelorette number 16. So I feel that they value the bachelor franchise over the bachelorette. They obviously love both of them because they both draw huge ratings for them. But if they were to pick one over the other, I think the bachelor is more of the staple. It's been around longer. It's had more seasons. So that's why I say I don't know if they would be so easy to just be like, oh, we'll just run bachelorette January through March and bachelor will air May through end of July. I don't know if it's that easy for them. Maybe it is. Maybe I'm the one overthinking this. I don't know if it's that easy, though. I know a lot of you seem to think it was. That was a lot of the response I got yesterday, and I don't know. Maybe it is. Um, I don't necessarily see it that way, but I guess we would never know unless it actually happened, where they did run a Bachelorette season January through March. Is The Bachelor, and, and I say this because The Bachelor draws higher ratings than The Bachelorette. I mean, just over the last few seasons, as I whip out my notes here, hang on a second. So Colton's season premiere drew 5.1 million. His finale drew 8.2 million. January was 5.1. Mid-March, 8.2 million. Hannah's season, first episode, 4.6 million. Finale, 7.4 million. So you see it is a little bit lower. Uh, before Colton was Ari's season. Ari had $5.5 million for his premiere in January. His finale drew 7.7. Becca's premiere, $5.5 in May. 
her her finale drew 6.71. So The Bachelor always has higher ratings, and a lot of that could do with the fact of when it airs, which is January. Everybody's back to work. Everybody is in school-slash-work mode. Summer programming, for the most part, just isn't going to get as many eyeballs because that's when people travel, unless people watch TV during the summer. So it could be a thing where, yeah, if we just put The Bachelorette in there, it's going to get the same ratings as The Bachelor, and The Bachelor will get lower ratings because it airs in the summer. We just don't know until it happens, but... My thinking is, I'm just guessing here. I know nothing about production and how it goes down. But I, my thinking is, if we aren't out of the woods as a country by July or August, and September starts rolling around, and that's when they say, okay, TV shows can start filming again, we can go back to our normal lives, I think they would cancel a 2020 version of The Bachelorette, and they would just start with The Bachelor. That's just my guess. Now, a lot of you have said, why not still go film Paradise in June, even if they don't film Claire's season? Two reasons with that. One, are we really safe going down to Mexico right now? I don't think that there's travel outside of this country that they really want, especially for a TV show. So there's that. And then the second thing is, if you go down to Mexico and they say, oh, why not use some of Claire's guys for Paradise this season, along with Peter's women? which Peter's women, of course, are going to be a majority of the female cast on Paradise, for sure. But to throw Claire's would-be guys in Paradise, the audience would be seeing them for the first time. And that would be a whole new experiment. It's almost like if you do Paradise, how many of these guys can you bring on? Because now it's all new, and we're seeing them for the first time because there wouldn't have been a a Claire season that they were on first. So that's where it gets tricky. Um I don't know if they would do a whole 70% of the guys because on any given Bachelor in Paradise season, 70% of the male and female cast is from that calendar year's Bachelor season and Bachelorette season. Well, if there's no Bachelorette season, I don't think they're going to bring on a bunch of guys that nobody knows. So you would basically have to, every male on Paradise would be guys from the past, which they could easily fill. They've got plenty of people from this show that they could easily fill. But that's another reason why I don't know if Paradise is going to work this season. I don't see the timeline of how it could. But maybe I'm just not thinking about something that they are. But anyway, those are some things I wanted to go over. Uh, I will tell you that uh, your reader emails is up in today's column, so go check that out. They're basically every email I've gotten since. A couple of them were from before Monday and Tuesday's finale even aired. So Because I, haven't, I didn't do a reader email last week, and I didn't do one yesterday. So it's, it covers a lot. I tried to take out any question that is something I just answered in the first 15 minutes here. And um, I tried to just get some new stuff in there because this is going to be the last reader emails until I don't know when. I mean, we'll have to we'll have to see. You're not going to have a lot of questions over the next couple of months because nothing is airing. So I don't expect you to have a ton of questions about what the show is going on. And, you know, Claire's season isn't filming, so there's nothing to talk about, about any storylines or things that we hear or things that we see on dates. Nothing. All right, let's get going. You know where you love her, podcast number 174. All right, let's bring her in. We are joined right now by one of the uh, initial cast members of Married at First Sight, all the way back on season one. Uh, it's been a couple years since she's been on. It is Courtney Hendricks, or should I say newly engaged Courtney <laughs> Hendricks. Courtney, how are you? 
Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So what happened was um, we were going to do this and you said you had some news that was going to be broken uh, on Wednesday. And right after that happened, we were going to record. And the news is that you got engaged to your boyfriend, uh, Sherm, on March 6th. So I, you've yes. obviously had a lot going on. Uh, it was officially announced uh, yesterday that you got engaged to Sherm in a people.com spread. People can check that out. So obviously, congratulations on that. Tell everyone Thank you. when this went down and how everything came about. Just fill everybody in on the details here. All right. So the engagement happened um, almost two weeks ago on March 6th. And how we celebrate, well, to start, this is so weird. I have to tell you this first. So fun fact, March 6th, 2014 is when I found out from Kinetic that I was going to be married at first sight. And the reason I, I'm like weird and remember all dates and stuff, but I remember it because it was the day before my mother's birthday and I knew they weren't going to be happy. So it's just like crazy to me how six years later, I'm in such a completely different part of my life. Like I'm so happy and what are the odds that Sherman proposed to me that day? And he had no idea. I didn't tell him until a week later because I didn't want it to be weird because we don't really talk that much about, you know, he knows everything about my past, but we all try to move on from it as much as possible. But I just thought that was so crazy. And it just, everything came full circle for me. Cause I was like, how weird is that? Well, when I read that in the story, I just assumed <laughs> he knew. And that's the, and that's why he proposed on the six, but you're saying he had no idea. He had no idea, absolutely no idea. And like, I kind of felt that that something special was going to happen that weekend because we were going skiing. And I am not the most athletic person in the world. Like, I'm pretty freaking clumsy. I break things often just carrying on about daily life. And earlier this year, he took me to Park City and I learned how to ski as an adult. It was terrifying. So when he told me a couple weeks ago, he was like, hey, do you want to go skiing and Boone and I was thinking, no, I don't want to go. I already survived once this season. I'm not trying to push my luck. And then a couple weeks later, he was like asking things about, oh, how long does it last when you get your nails done and all this? And just, I don't know. I just had a feeling. So then I was like, oh, yes, I want to go to Boone. And he noticed that something kind of changed in my demeanor about going skiing again. Uh So I was kind of anticipating it. So he had to flip the script a little and change up how he was doing it. So he travels for work a lot as an accountant and um, he had a client in Winston-Salem and so he has to like stay in hotels a lot and as often as I can, I'll go and meet him and we'll just make like an evening out of it. So I was going to meet him on that Friday, so on March 6th and I'd had like a hard day at work, like just multiple bad things happened. I'd smashed my finger in the car door so my nail broke off on my freaking left hand in the middle finger. So it was right beside my ring finger and I called my parents and I was literally crying. I was like, I think Sherm's going to propose and my hand looks like crap and I just got my nails done and now I've ruined it. And sure enough, when I got there, that's when he proposed to me. So I was like a disheveled hot mess, but it was perfect because I wasn't expecting it right then. And he definitely caught me off guard and it was just us two. And then the puppy dog queso who I'm obsessed with. And it was just the three of us. And even the puppy, like I was crying and he came and like licked my face. So that was definitely his approval. So you've obviously mentioned and shown Sherm on your Instagram over the last year or so. But for those who don't know the exact timeline and who Sherm is and how you met him, 
Can you share that with us? Sure. So we have to go back a little bit. Um, so I left New York in June of 2018 um, with the intention of coming home in order to have a career again. I was really struggling in New York for a couple of different reasons. Um, I was super unhealthy in terms of I sat around all day with nothing to do, ordering seamless four times a day. That's not an exaggeration. Like eating my feelings, not visiting with people, not seeing friends, and basically drinking wine all the time by myself. And I was married at that point, but I was very alone. And a lot of things I needed to work on for myself. And one of the things was New York was toxic to me at that time. I needed a reason to get up and go to work in the morning. And I was trying to still be involved in the makeup industry, not doing beauty makeup and weddings and that sort of thing. I really wanted to be in film and television. And two years before I left New York, I had a really bad accident where I broke my foot and it just changed the whole trajectory of my career path. I got really far behind and it was just a sucky, it was just a sucky couple of years. And so um, my dad gave me the opportunity. He's going to hire me for six months down here with the intention of let's see if you like it. And I did. And so as each week went on, we grew further and further apart. And then we decided collectively together in September that this was an official separation that we weren't going to publicly talk about because, number one, we weren't filing yet for an official separation. There are also stipulations around in New York that you have to be completely separated from each other for at least six months for the court to recognize it. I established a new residence, so that's when it technically started to count, even though we didn't decide it was completely split until September. And then we were also under contract because of our YouTube with the network until the end of October of that year. We were both terrified that, and I don't think they would have done this, but we were scared. We were scared that we, someone was going to find out that we were in rough times and we were going to have to film about it. And we also, we didn't know what we were doing. Sometimes we changed our minds. Sometimes we were like, what are we doing? Other times we were on the phone crying to each other saying like, we just need to divorce to date. And that was the plan until November. I went to go get my stuff or pack up my stuff. Jason was going to have to move out of his, well, it was in his apartment. He had a roommate too. And all my stuff was still there. I had only taken six months worth of clothes with me. So I had to go and pack my things and he packed a lot of my things. And I sent my stuff home to North Carolina, the middle of November. And like, when you send your stuff home, that's when, you know, everything's real. That's kind of, you know, it's time to really move on. And we stopped talking. And that's when I was decided that, you know, this is all completely done. That was my closure that I needed. Yeah. Um, fast forward later into, into December, and I was on Instagram, literally drinking wine, sitting on my toilet. Don't ask me why, but sometimes it's a thing. And I was scrolling through Instagram in my, um, like in my Insta stories. And one of my sorority friends from college, She's three years younger than me, and we're still connected on Instagram, even though I hadn't talked to her in years, and I knew that she lived in the Raleigh area. I saw this guy on her Instagram stories, and he was, like, bent over with his head in his hands on this vacation. He was hammered. He was at a bar, and he was basically sleeping, and I thought he had nice arms. And so I literally swiped up, and I was like, oh, my gosh, who's your friend? Is he, is he single? And she was like, yes, he is. And I was like, oh, my God. So am I. So that's how I initially 
met Sherm. And then we started like, I guess you could call it pin pals. He slid into my DMs and two days later I wrote back, but we didn't meet for a week or two after that. And he was coming out of a relationship himself. He, and that's like his story to tell if he ever wants to, but he was coming out of a marriage too. And it had been over. They were in the middle of filing and it was one of the things of they were never going back to each other. It was a waiting on paperwork. And so we were able to connect through healing and like people don't understand divorce until you go through it with all the ups and the downs and the waves of emotion and just the actual stages of grief because you're mourning the death of something. And that's how we became more than friends too. And then I just been like obsessed with him since I met him. He's so great. So when did the actual, when did you and Jason's like joint statement of we have decided to go our separate ways, when did that become public? Um, it became public in March of 2018, shortly after the five year anniversary would have been because I like couldn't handle it anymore of people writing stuff on my Instagram or DMing me or yeah. making up crap. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. And it was early in one morning. It was like 8 a.m. I sent a text message to Jason and I sent a text message to our PR from Kinetic. And I gave the, and I told them, I was like, I'm about to say something because I can't physically can't and emotionally can't handle this anymore. And I gave him 30 minutes to respond. Neither didn't bless it. She was our uh, PR is in um, LA. So she was three hours behind anyways. And I, I just hit send. Jason and I started divorce proceedings in the beginning of January after we had already decided that's what we were doing. And like, we didn't sign paperwork until February and it took forever for it to become official because of the court system, just yeah. forever to actually get it. I think we actually got notification in August and all of it had been said and done since April. Okay. I'm a little confused on the years unless you maybe said a year wrong. Um, Probably. I, that was last, that was 2019. Wouldn't it have been March of last year when that statement came out or is it really yes. been almost two years? Okay. You said no, 20, 2019. You said tw okay. You said 2018. That's oh, I'm sorry. Confused. 2019. That's makes sense. Cause now it makes sense with everything you told beforehand with, you know, November when you officially moved your stuff out. Cause I'm thinking, okay, that's November 18, November of 2018. She's down in North Carolina, <laughs> December 2018. Yes. And God, I don't know my years. <laughs> no, that's all right. Now I'm, now I'm completely straight. Uh, that's perfect. 2019. Yeah. March, 2019. Okay, because our gotcha. wedding anniversary was March 23rd. And you know, the OG couples hitting five years was a big deal because yeah. as far as the public knew, we were still married. Jamie and Doug are celebrating their five year. These other couples that got married, I think on the same day too, but just a couple years apart, were celebrating. And people are like, okay, well, Courtney and Jason didn't post a picture. And I'm like, yeah, because we're not together, but I can't say it yet. Can I say it yet? And I was just sick of freaking waiting. And it had to have been the same thing for, I, I know it was the same for him too, because like when something you're ready to let go of, because it's time to start healing from it, and every single day or every single time you see something, someone asks you about it, we couldn't get away from it. And it brings you back to the dark place and the hurt. And it's like we were both just ready to move on, like lay it to rest. Let's start the healing and let's move on. So you are in North Carolina and you've been there since December of, of 2018. And you met Sherm the way you said you did. And 
everything has played out pretty much perfectly for you since then. I mean, things have really turned around for you. You're in a you're in a job that uh, you are in and that you like. And I think when people look back to season one of Married at First Sight, I mean, Doug and Jamie and and you and Jason were, you know, guinea pigs in this experiment that was just so crazy and so off the wall. But mm-hmm. yet five years in, you guys were still together. They, you know, Doug and Jamie are, are still together and you and Jason seemingly were in a lot of people's eyes. And I got to imagine right. that having a lot of fans and people cheering for you made it that much more difficult to actually end a relationship because you feel like you're letting people down who believed in you or whatever the case may be. So in that aspect, exactly. I know you talked about it a little bit in terms of how you felt you were bored. You were home a lot. You were drinking, you know, wine every day and you just weren't getting out and doing anything. What about the relationship with Jason? Were you guys, I don't know what, what was the ultimate thing that led to the breakup? Was it just growing apart after five years? Um, I know that I wasn't as vocal of what I needed in terms of, I don't consider myself needy, but I do know my specific, well, I am needy in terms of like time and attention. I, how I feel loved is through quality time. I want to be paid attention to, I want somebody with me doing things. And Jason and I had two very different love languages. And I don't think that either one of us loved each other the way the other one needed to be loved. I, and also like, I changed. I wasn't into the things that at first I thought I was going to be into and supporting him. I didn't want him going wrestling all the time anymore. I didn't want him spending three hours at the gym. Well, looking back now, that was not fair for me to expect him to stop those things, to come home and pay attention to me. I also think that, you know, being involved with a first responder or someone who works 12 to 24 hour shifts is freaking hard. There were days I felt like I was, okay, I can do this and I could give myself pep talks and get through it. And then there were other days where I just cried because I felt so alone. And I didn't just feel alone because Jason was physically at work. I didn't have family in New York. I had friends, don't get me wrong, but the type of friends that I had, most of them were still single. Chantel was engaged, but most of them were single. And as a married woman, I didn't need to be going out to the clubs by myself acting like my single friends. And so some of it was me putting myself in a little bit of isolation. We also lived in Bay Ridge. It's far, so far from the city itself. And it was like a 45 minute um, train ride into the city. So there were multiple factors in there. And, you know, looking back to it's never, I don't think anyways, it's never fair for someone to ask your partner to change because you change. I think it's important to change together, but you can't just expect somebody all of a sudden to change because you want them to. And, you know, things that were important to him still weren't important to me anymore. And that was ultimately what led to we're in different places. And I was a brat. I was a brat a lot. Um, I'm happy to say that I'm continuing to work on myself and the mistakes that I made in that relationship. I'm working hard not to make those. For example, how I resolved conflict used to be like a lunatic, like yelling. And instead of using my words or saying, hey, I need to calm down, I would just yell. And that's not cool. Nobody deserves that. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it just sounds like 
the whole point of going through relationships and breakups as hard as they may be is you learn from it and you bring it to your next relationship and know not to do what you did before. And it sounds like you're learning and that's all you can ask for. And that's all Sherm can ask for is you learned from what happened in your first relationship and your first marriage and you know, you change from there and it sounds like that's what you're doing, which is, which is good to hear. Um, because yeah, if, if your way to cope with things and, and conflict and struggle was to yell, I got to imagine that got a little tiring for Jason and he probably was like, Oh God, enough. Like, is there a way, is there, is there a different way to go about this? Um, well, no, exactly. And like, I can't remember the exact term, but I remember when we talked to Dr. Pepper and then I also read a book called the seven principles of marriage. And one of the things they talked about is like, if you and your partner have different ways of dealing with conflict, you have to acknowledge each other's different way. And when they've hit a point that they can't come back from. And what I mean from that is like, when I get upset, I come to a point where I need to tell my partner, okay, I need to take a break so I can calm down. That doesn't mean go and slam a door in someone's face, That, but that means each other acknowledging, okay, we need to take a little bit of time to cool down and then revisit this level heads and be able to use our words. Well, for Jason, if I got too upset, he would just shut down. And I don't blame him. A lot of people handle things that way. Sometimes I wish I was that way so I would just relax, but I'm the opposite. So like one of the things that I took from our relationship and how I deal with conflict with Sherm is I have to tell him, I can't, like, I'm too upset. I need to calm down. And it's not that the situation is too upsetting. It's the way that I'm handling it. I'm letting myself get too upset and it's usually irrational. So I have to take a, I have to take a breather and I have to stop, or I'm going to say something I don't mean, or I'm going to react away that's wrong. And so that's something that I'm continuously working on because I know that's one of my flaws. Well, that's some great self-awareness. I don't think a lot of people could recognize that. That's really, uh, it's really good of you because most people just, I'm in set my ways and this is how I'm going to argue and I'm never going to change. And it sounds like you had a set way and now you are recognizing your set way isn't the most conducive to maybe a positive uh, relationship or moments in a relationship and you've changed and so you know that's good that's good to hear um well thank you um so are you still i the other thing about jason is i believe in january two months ago jason got married didn't he that is what that is what i saw because i have a google alert on myself and so i did see that he's happily married now because my internet told me (laughs) in my google alert yeah i i (laughs) When I was God, just that's doing, weird. <laughs> when I was just doing some, you know, research for this, I was just like, "Well, what's Jason up to?" And yeah, I guess he married someone, and they live in London. So does he? Obviously, you're not in touch with him anymore. I take it. Um, does he live in London? Have you heard that? Or maybe they live here now, and he met her out there. I don't know. She's from um, she's from I'm Celebrity Big sure. Brother or something like that out in London. I'm pretty sure they still live in Bay Ridge in the old apartment. Okay. Which is now the home they share. I'm 99% positive because um, two of our mutual friends that still live there, um, they've seen her and they told me, but I'm 99%. But if, they might travel a lot because she's British and like I'm assuming her family's there. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I didn't read too much into it. I just saw the name of the girl and that she was on Celebrity Big Brother UK, I'm assuming. So. But, but good yeah, for them. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, but so that last time you spoke to Jason was when? When you moved your furniture out or maybe, you know, a few days after that, once you, once you got settled in in North Carolina and maybe said your goodbyes? Uh, when was the last um, time you spoke with him? Spoken to, like, on the phone was probably January. Um, the last time we had any form of communication was in pro- May when, or something via email when I was trying to find out this stuff of what was going on with the divorce proceedings because we were looking it up online and it was supposed to, it said that it had progressed, but we still hadn't received anything and it just took forever. But in February, we were still trying to be friends. And in February, Jason sent me a text message. He's like, look, I can't talk to you about anything other than the divorce. Like if it's something pertaining specifically to that, then we can talk about it. If not, we don't need to do this chit chat, small talk. So, I mean, we still filed taxes too. And I respected that because we all have to heal and handle something in our own way. And I do know and understand that I was farther along in understanding that it was over than he was. So he was a couple of months behind me in that recollection. And when it comes to the holidays and stuff, that sucks going through anything and then having the holidays on top of it. And also the anniversary of his mom's death and just, yeah. And her birthday and all that. It's freaking hard. And I never wanted to add fuel to the fire by adding more on there. But, you know, it was just, it was a hard and depressing time. And I think people on the internet saw his more than they saw mine because I didn't show any of it. Yeah. But um, it was just, it was freaking hard. And when he sent me that message and was like, you know, I cannot do this. I just, I respected it because that, that was the right thing to do. So I want to ask you about... Sherm and your relationship with Sherm, but I don't want it to be where it's like going to sound like you're throwing shade at Jason because I kind of wanted to ask like, how is this relationship different than Jason's? And I think maybe people could possibly end up reading into it like, Oh, well this is a little shade on Jason's side, but in terms of your new relationship and how things are going and your engagement, that's a couple weeks old now, how is this relationship different? And I'm assuming one of the major things is, well, before this virus hit, we'll get to that in a second, but that you obviously see each other more than you and Jason did. But how how is this relationship different um, and maybe even some similarities uh, than your previous relationship? Well, so the first part of the question, and I I don't think this will sound like shade at all because it's totally not, but I've thought about it often because... And I, I feel like I can't speak for Jason, but I feel like he would think the same thing possibly. But um, so no matter how happy I am now, it doesn't change the fact that Jason and I were happy at that time in our life. For that season of our life, I wholeheartedly fully believe that we needed each other and we were placed in each other's life in order to grow, go through some lessons that we both needed to learn and some of life to learn and to become the people we were supposed to be, him being with Roxanne and me being with Sherm. Because if I were to have met Sherm at any other point in my life, it wouldn't have worked for multiple reasons. I don't know about Jason and Roxanne. I can't speak to that. But seeing the pictures of them together that I have seen online, they look so happy. And that radiating glow that Sherm and I have, they have that too. And I just don't envision us being able to get to the places that we are without being married at first sight and learning the lessons we needed to and having to go through some hard times in order to get to this point now. 
No, totally understandable. Again, very mature look at back at your relationship without, you know, throwing shade and seeing that. I, I it really it's one pet peeve of mine that I have with people that get out of relationships and you know, you're with somebody and things are going great and then, you know, there's a breakup that happens and then all of a sudden it's oh, that person never made me happy. It's still possible to be in a new relationship and still admit that you were in love in a past relationship instead of saying, oh, I never was in love, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Those people are just mad and they're so unwilling to look at their own flaws. And I think that's what it boils down to because all these people, especially I feel like girls do this all the time and they post these stupid little Instagrams and it's like, he should have known what he had before he blah, blah, blah. Well, maybe you should have known what you had too. It goes both ways. And no relationship is ever just one-sided. It wasn't like this person did A, B, C, D. We all have our hand in it. We all have a part to play when a relationship fails. And like, if you can't recognize what you did wrong and your part in it in order to not do it again, that's when you create a pattern. And that's when patterns will follow you the rest of your life. Because if you're unwilling to acknowledge and change, how can you become a better person? Well, this may seem like a stupid question or a silly question just because I maybe haven't followed it enough, but are you and Sherm living together right now or have been living together? We do live together. Okay. Uh, When did that happen or when did you guys start living together? Um, Just a couple months ago when my lease ran up, he got a two bedroom. Okay. Okay. So you guys live together for a couple months now and he obviously works in the, I'm assuming he works in the Raleigh area somewhat. yeah. Well, yes, he travels for a lot for work, but um, he's an accountant. So he goes to different clients, not like a tax one, but a audit accountant. Okay. And so um, he has to go different places. And tell everyone what you're doing now. Um, so right now I'm working for my family business. It's called Hendrix Business Systems. And um, I'm working in marketing and operations with the intention of eventually I would like to take over for my father as CEO of the company. But I thought I was on a three-year plan, but I'm totally on a five-year plan because this is hard and I'm learning a lot. But I've been really focusing on marketing, but now I'm transitioning into more operations and the day-to-day. And yeah, I like it. And we do copiers. So like Canon and HP and Xerox. So we were talking before we started recording, you mentioned how, you know, I asked how things are going on out there with, you know, the the virus and everything. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of... um, you know, you, you guys are having to deal with it as a small business as well. So share with everybody that that's going on with your company. Yeah. So, um, our business is across North Carolina. We have four different locations, um, roughly 70, I can't remember the exact number right this second, 75 or 77 people, but you know, those families we're responsible for and how we are addressing this virus in our office space. And also with our customers is anyone who can work from home is working from home. So all of our salespeople are instructed not to come into the office. We're not going to clients, but um, we're making phone calls and emails. And then also with technology, as wonderful as it is, video conferencing is freaking amazing. So that's helping out a lot of our people. And then so we're basically working off what we're calling a skeleton crew. And it's just a few admin people in the offices. And once you reach a certain number, specifically, we only have five in my office. Nobody else can come in there. And we all have our individual offices that are separated from each other. And that's how we're having to keep the phones answered and dispatch service texts. And so when a customer calls, too, 
you know, we have to ask them, have you had a case of the COVID in your office? If so, we're going to troubleshoot over the phone. We're going to troubleshoot over the phone as, as first priority anyways, but video conferencing and all that's coming into effect. And luckily, a lot of these problems that they're having, we can walk them through on the phone. Oh, well, that's good. It sounds like yes. you guys are handling it as you should. And, um, you know, as for me, obviously, I work from home and my website, I can clearly do podcasts and call anybody that I want. I don't have to worry about interacting with anybody. Um, <laughs> yeah. Working on a computer and typing all day. Obviously, this isn't, um, but obviously, uh, the content that I cover, The Bachelor and Bachelorette, that's been postponed and we'll just have to see and kind of play it by ear. Um I don't follow crazy. I know. I don't follow married at first sight anymore. I think when I had you and Jason on the first season or when I first had you guys on a couple years ago, I think I told you then the only season I've ever watched of married at first sight was your season. And I didn't even, I I didn't even watch the follow up ones where it's like (laughs) Jamie and Doug have a baby or whatever it is, you know, whatever the spinoffs were. I watched the first season and then I was out. I was like, okay. Um, but I, I don't know. Isn't that a show that's would have gone into production soon for their next season or are they not doing that? Is the show even on the air anymore? I don't even know. It is still on the air, but to be honest, I don't watch it. Um, I don't watch it anymore. So I don't know. I like kind of follow some of the cast members still ones that I knew from beforehand. And, um, but I think, and I could be totally wrong on the numbers, I feel like it's season 12 or season 13. Oh, Jesus. That they're is? like oh in God. production. Yeah, it's it's been going, chugging along. And oh, so they're pumping I, out two a calendar year then if they're doing that. Oh, at least. Okay. And now it's up to five couples a season. It's t- I can't handle all that. <laughs> I can't handle my own brain. And I love my reality TV. But Bravo usually comes first, and and The Bachelor, <laughs> and all the Bachelor franchise. <laughs> do, you, do you know roughly off the top of your head of I know you haven't watched it recently but how many couples from that show are still married I know of Jamie okay, and Doug I do and know this. okay yeah I do know this because I still follow most of these couples that I knew them in some aspect but there's eight and at least four of them have babies that they all had at the same time and they're really cute freaking kids wow wow that's Isn't that nuts Oh, I had no idea. If you would have asked me, I would have said, Jamie and Doug, that's it. Then again, yeah. <laughs> it's the only season I've watched. So, um, Now, question. Does Sherm have – I mean, obviously he knows about your background with this. Did he know of you at all through that show once you guys did meet? If he didn't know, did he go back and watch the season? Where is Sherm went with all this? Okay, so he ha- had no idea. But so when I messaged my friend Casey and swiped up and I was like, Casey, who is that with the arms? He's cute. Where does he live? She was like, she said that she showed him. I was like, oh, this is my friend. She was on a show. And then they like talked about it. And he said he stalked me. And then he was like, okay, I'll message her. But then after that, like I told him now I've been a lot more transparent with him about everything, but he's never watched a single clip. He's never watched any of the show. Some of his friends and family have, and every once in a while, he'll get like a random message from somebody that he knows and is like, oh my God, I just put it together that your Courtney is the Courtney from Married at First Sight. And that's always a little bit funny, but, and you know, Steve, if he had known that I was on the show or had or known anything about that and be like, oh yeah, Courtney from Married at First Sight, I've been like, bye, never mind, not interested because that was something I was trying to get away from all of it. 
another reason like Jason and I were not going to work is I thought I really liked being on TV and being in the spotlight. And I don't, I'm an awkward turtle. I get freaking anxiety. When I get anxiety, I get mean because I feel unsafe. And like, I was not, I was not good after the first season of the show. Like when we went into the spinoffs, I was, I was not a good version of me. And Jason is a performer. He's a wrestler or he does wrestling on the side. Um, so he's yeah. used to being in front of the cameras. He's used to performing. I'm sure it was second hat to him, you know? Ab- absolutely. And like, yeah. that was one of the things too, that when I said like, it wasn't fair for me to ask him to change, it wasn't fair for me to take a dream of his away. Like it wasn't fair for me to be like, you need to pick me over wrestling or you need to pick me over that. And something that I think that I see from seeing him happy together with his new wife is that they share something in common or they share a lot of that stuff. And I think that they understand each other on a b- multiple levels that I was never able to understand him on. Yeah. No, like I said, this is, um, it's really interesting to hear you talk about this and your past relationship with him, because I don't know, maybe people out there thought, that you were going to trash him or say all these mean things. And it was basically the opposite. And I, you know, I, I respect you for that because I don't think a lot of people can look at a failed marriage and a divorce and say nice things in return or say like, or make it seem like it was all Jason's fault. And you've admitted to so many faults and so many wrongs that you did in the relationship and how you're just trying to be better for it, for your new engagement and your new soon to be husband. So, I mean, yeah, that's, that's really cool that you, that you can look at it that way. I respect that. Well, thank you. He's a great person. He deserves the absolute best in life and I'm happy that he's happy. And that, I mean, that's what he deserves and he deserves to be able to start over fresh. And I think that he has, and I think people should be really happy and rooting for them too. And I know we're very early in the process, but, um, I I, I doubt a wedding date has been set yet, but roughly, (laughs) you know, when are you guys looking and do you know like where it'll be? Well, it might already be set because we've been talking about it, (laughs) but (laughs) I'll text it to you. I don't want to tell everyone, but it's going to be super small. We've already talked about, we want to do barbecue and oysters and, you know, just our immediate family family, our immediate family. And we want to just do super simple. And have you ever seen the show Peaky Blinders? No. Oh my God. You got to watch it. It's on Netflix, Peaky Blinders. It's so freaking great, but it's like an Irish show. And if you don't like Jameson and watching people smoke cigs, then I don't recommend it. But, um, we want to do like the theme wedding on that. So I'm here for it, (laughs) but it's going to be in North Carolina. Okay. So it will be in North Carolina. And can we say it'll probably be in the year 2020? Oh, it's definitely going to be in the year 2020. Okay. Yeah. We don't need a, we don't, I don't need an exact date. I just wanted to get an idea of what you guys are looking at. And it seems like you guys have already planned a lot of it. So that's cool. Um, Yeah, this has been, um, like I said, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know, I hadn't, you know, you and I had kept in touch a little bit on text and whatnot, and I just didn't know. Um, I knew that, you know, we were planning on having you on again because I wanted to catch up once I found out that you were in a new relationship, and then here we are now. And, again, I I thank you for coming on and and sharing this story with everybody because I think a lot of people who have followed your journey and have followed you and Jason – that made me not even know that both of you have moved on. I don't know. You just you just never know. I think most diehard fans probably do, but 
Um, a lot of people don't know. I get messages all the time being like, wait, what happened? Especially on Facebook, because I forget to post on Facebook. I'm usually just on Instagram, but there are still a lot of people who are like, we didn't know what happened. And I'm just like, it's okay. We're both happy. It's okay. And if they want to unfollow, that's okay too. Yeah. It's, it's fine that both of you are happy and it's better that both of you are happy and you guys have both moved on. So good for Jason. Good for you. And obviously, congrats again on uh, the recent engagement. Good luck in the future, and obviously, we will will stay in touch. Thank you so much, Steve. It was great talking to you again. You got it, Courtney. All right, talk to you later. Bye. Thank you so much to Courtney for that. She was great, and I give her a lot of credit for talking about an ex that way because, let's face it, a lot of us don't talk about our exes that way. And this is a woman that has found love, is now newly engaged, Her ex found love. He got married two months ago. She could easily blame a lot of things on him, say he was the reason the relationship ended, take pot shots at him. She didn't. It sounds like a lot of their issues stemmed from her, and she admitted them. And now all you can do when you move from one relationship to the other is learn. And it sounds like she's learning and she's applying it, and I'm so happy for Courtney, and I'm so glad that she has found a new love and that they are engaged. So I wish them the best, and I hope you wish them the best as well. But she was great to talk to. It was great, very refreshing to hear something like that. Really impressed by her. Um, so thank you all for tuning in uh, and listening this week. As I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, go check out reader emails. It's in today's podcast. It's in today's column. It'll be the last reader emails for a while. It covers basically every email I've gotten since probably the weekend heading into Peter's finale and then all of last week and then everything up to this week. Although there were a lot of repeat questions, a lot of, Hey, are Claire's guys going to get recast, which I answered at the beginning of this and in yesterday's column. So you'll see, um, I tried to limit it to maybe some new stuff that we haven't, uh, haven't talked about and whatnot. Also, I'm really bored. I mean, let's face it. Self quarantining is not fun and we are going to have to sacrifice for the greater good as a country. And yeah, it's not fun, but It allows me to do some things. I still don't exactly know what I'm going to do with the column, but I will try and keep busy. I don't think there's going to be a set thing outside of The Bachelor, Listen to Your Heart, which starts April 13th, which is going to be a very easy show to make fun of, even though I've already spoiled the ending to it. It's going to be really easy to make fun of. So I will recap that every Tuesday. It's not going to be a four-page, five-page recap of it, but I'm going to definitely give my thoughts on that. I'm thinking and leaning towards maybe once a week doing a reality roundup where I talk about the shows that I'm watching, Mass Singer, Survivor, Challenge starts up on April 1st. I mean, there are some shows. Everyone uh, threw in some suggestions yesterday about Love is Blind. I got to have those people on. Well, look, I haven't seen the show yet. I you know, Obviously, I've heard all about it. Everyone tells me about it. Why not Love, Love is Blind? I could probably knock that show out in a day, I, I'm sure. I know it's 10 episodes long. I could easily do it in a day, maybe two, but I just need to get in the right frame of mind to sit down and binge watch a show like that. Um, I'm just going to mix it up. I I don't know if there's going to be a set schedule other than on every Tuesday, starting April 14th, I'll have a recap of bachelor. Listen to your heart because these people are going to be part of bachelor nation now. So I want to keep with that and I don't know, but I am going to keep busy, more busy, more busy than I have been in past marches and aprils when really i've only updated you on what was happening during filming but since claire's season isn't filming 
I got to do something else to keep myself occupied because I'll go crazy just sitting here doing nothing and just watching TV on my own and not doing any work other than one podcast a week. Speaking of one podcast a week, with everyone being home, I don't know if you've seen Ashley Spivey's Twitter, but she is not nannying for Burley right now. They're obviously practicing social distancing. So Ashley and I will have time to record podcasts as well. Uh, If you want to be on the He Said, She Said podcast with me and Ashley, please email me. Let me know what time zone you're in. Let me know the best time for you to record and let me know what your situation is. Download Skype and hopefully we can uh, set up a time to record. So there's that too. And again, please stay safe, everybody. Just practice social distancing. It's for the greater good. We'll be out of the woods, hopefully sooner rather than later, if everybody does their part. So that's my public service announcement for the day thank you all for listening thanks again to courtney for coming on i really appreciate it she was great and that'll do it for podcast number 174 we will talk to you next week see you